Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, wherever you are in the world. This is coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts. Once again, this is Vit Friends Blog Talk Radio. Um, I'm your host, Valerie Molyneux, president and founder of Vit Friends, and it is my joy, my pleasure, my honor to once a week or once every other week to come on with a show talking with people about their journey through vitiligo. Hope you're having a wonderful time listening to my co-podcast host, uh, Mark Braxton, our co-leader from uh, North Carolina. His show is Journey and Through the Love uh, with Vitiligo. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing up on on the title there, but um, his is a wonderful show that's featured every Sunday or every um, Saturday. It's Living Life and love with vitiligo. And so my journey today is taking me to a conversation with a very special person. We'll talk a little about how we met. But again, this is Valerie Molyneux, uh, your host today. It's January 21st. I'm out of Boston where it's cloudy, it's cold, it's 29 degrees. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful day. And I'm sure that the sun will try to push through today. Um, congratulations goes out to our new President Biden and um, Vice President Kamala. Um, I, it was just an honor as tears flowed down my face yesterday to watch a beautiful, beautiful inaugural uh, celebration um, and perfect weather. I was pleased about that. So congratulations are in order there to the leadership, but most off to our country, the greatest country in the world. And so again, um, shifting quickly, um, I am wanting to welcome from Ohio, my very special guest and a friend. Hello, David Thorne. Are you there? Hello. Here. Hello, Valerie. Nice to have you joining me. It is my pleasure to have you. Listen, I'm going to dig right in. I don't want to hesitate. We do have an hour show, and I'm going to give you a chance to tell us who right now. Who is David Thorne? Who exactly is David Thorne? Where is David Thorne from? Uh, Let's begin there. Well, um, David Thorne grew up on a dairy farm in Trumbull County, Ohio, And um, I come from really a humble place where working hard um, on a, in a farm community was what everyone did. And, um, and so I grew up in a family of three boys. Um, I had a great um, spiritual mother who was um, truly saint-like in so many ways. She was, um, a person that really molded um, the adult me in so many ways mm-hmm. in how she appeared in life and um, how she treated others and how she just, um, she was very spiritual um, and she didn't just go to church on Sunday. She lived it every day mm. and which was a blessing to grow up in that kind of a, um, environment with that kind of a role model, and so what a wonderful um, example. Yes, and you know, as the years evolved, I headed off. Um, you know, went was very active in high school and grade school and the community. And um, growing up in a small community, I think it um, molds you also because my parents' friends were, you know, the barber, the butcher, the um, mm-hmm. the grocery and it was interesting. I always had a lot of eyes on me as a child. So <laughs> my parents would go on vacation. Um, they really never went away because they, they always had people watching out over, mm-hmm. over um, our family. And so, mm-hmm. but after college, I went to school for a program called uh, architectural environmental design, which is a combination of architecture and landscape architecture. And, 
um, met a beautiful girl at college and, um, you know, we got married and created a, started a family and, um, and now I have two grown sons and, um, and a uh, four-year-old granddaughter. So Beautiful. I evolved into grandfather who, just, <laughs> when I life, I'm like, how did this happen? Because life just happens and goes by so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And so, this, you know, life has definitely been a journey for me in many, many ways. And um, my vitiligo uh, journey um, really has been an interesting one. And it's, I, I feel like, the things that we go through in life that are the most difficult um, are the most rewarding and the most um, um, life lessons that we can take yes. from those times. Um, you don't learn a lot when everything is going smooth and easy. You really learn mm-hmm. a lot when you have to hunker down in yourself and figure things out and, you know, really yes. realize what's important. Those, those are the things that really teach yes. us. And so, well, you talked um, a little about about your um, growing up there in Ohio. Why did I think you had a Massachusetts connection? Well, because I've owned houses on Cape Cod, and um, I traveled to Cape Cod um, one summer with a friend and fell in love with um, Boston, fell in love with um, the whole Cape Cod. Sort Got of. it. Feeling, and so mm-hmm. so I was living um, in two cities at one point. Um, oh, okay. I lived in I lived in the Back Bay area in Boston for about five years. Um, mm-hmm. I would travel. I didn't have my sons. I would be in Boston, and when I had them, I was in Ohio. So um, so I was doing this back and forth thing, and that allowed it. my my landscape architecture business to grow and. It allowed me to mm-hmm. sort of spread my wings, see what, what else is out there in the world besides uh, Ohio. Okay. So how, when did um, your first sign of vitiligo came about when? Yeah, so it's really odd. I completely forgot about this until maybe six months ago. I've always been mm. saying it was in 2012 when my mom passed but it really was when I was four or five, I had white patches on my knees. And mm. I grew up in this close community where my neighbor was a relative and a family member, and they had a pool. So in, in all, for all intents and purposes, we had a pool because we lived at the neighbor's house, which was basically our family member. Um, and mm-hmm. so... I remember swimming when I was little and my knee and I, I, am Caucasian, but I get very, very tan, like in the drop of, you know, 10 minutes, my skin really changes very quickly to, you know, a bronze color. And, um, and I remember as a little boy, my, my kneecaps turned white one summer and, Mm. um, and teased about it because I always wore shorts pretty much all summer long and um, but I had blocked that memory for some reason and it just came to me you know like I said not long ago but mm-hmm. um, what I was a child is those my knees ended up filling back in after maybe a summer or so I don't really remember um, mm-hmm. when it filled in but it was a short period when that happened. But then, you know, years go by, don't think about that anymore. And then in 2012, um, my mom, who I mentioned was near and dear to me, I took a basically sabbatical from work uh, for a solid year and took care of her uh, Mm -hmm. during a terminal illness with pancreatic cancer. And Mm. um, during time... Um, it was super stressful. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a total control freak, and I like to be in charge of, of things <laughs> and control. And 
make everything right. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person that takes care of people. And, you know, that's sort of just something my mom taught me. And when this mm-hmm. went down with, um, I couldn't stop it from happening and it was very stressful. And I watched this beautiful woman who was sort of like the Jackie O of our town, um, mm. turn, turn into skin and bones and like lose everything that she was known for on the outside. Mm. Um, but during that time, and this sort of ties back to vitiligo, um, during that time, my mom taught me so much about the core of who we are is what is important, not what the mm-hmm. shell is. Yes. And um, as she was dying, she was losing, you know, pounds a day. And she was a five foot ten, beautifully beautiful woman that died mm-hmm. um, 75 pounds. And so you can imagine Goodness. what her shell when yes. she was, you know, dying, and um, and through my mm. at UH Hospital, I was fortunate enough to have her in this amazing cancer center and in a facility where um, we, as a family, had an extra room connected to her room, where where I could literally stay in the hospital in a beautiful setting with mm. her and. It made that experience, you know, much more comfortable for her and for for me. And it Mm -hmm. also gave me the opportunity for so much. And during that time, um, we had so many conversations about life and and what was important. And what I realized is that beautiful shell that I always admired because she she was a person that um, she had a a room where she'd go into in the morning where she'd go in, shut the door and she'd come out like a movie star every day, you know, and I could never figure out what happened in that room (laughs) because it was like this little, it was her space, you know, but watching her be able to do that, but still looking into her eyes and seeing this beautiful human being. um, It was like an amazing life lesson. And and even as her last day of life, um, she and I had a, an agreement that if um, if things got so bad, she would um, she would say a word to me, and I would know it was mm. her time to just go, and I would support that. And she initially wow. said, "I'm going to fight as long I'm going to fight as long as I can, but wow. um, if it if it gets too tough, I just need you to know I'm done." And and so um, she had this. Um, she was very concerned because our yard had gotten weedy and the flower beds hadn't been taken care of because mm-hmm. everyone was caring. For and so I'm like, mom, I got this. So I had like this extreme makeover at the house, you know, at her house and everything was perfect mm-hmm. like it normally was. And that gave her peace of mind to go. But in that, that day, that day she, she mouthed the word enough to me and, um, mm. and I knew time. And in that day of holding her hand, I, um, I noticed this white spot on my hand. And I'm like, well, what is that? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, oh, it must be some rash and I'll deal with that. And then that spot, you know, that night my mom died. Um, and um, it was just a mm-hmm. horrible horrible, horrible thing for me. Um, imagine. Gave, gave me a um, along the way in caring for her. And um, one of the gifts that she said is just anytime you see a hummingbird, just think of me. That That's a symbol oh. of me when you see a hummingbird. And so when she took her last breath, I was the last person in her room. And mm. I went into her and she was in this coma uh, type state. And she um, I said, Mom, it's time. You can go. I've got everything cared for. Uh, mm. I, I have everything so organized, and and I got Dad. I've got the, my other brothers. Everything is good. So she took this last sort of deep breath, and it was like a very like nothing dramatic, just a simple uh, like a, a release of air, and that was it. 
But in that moment, a a hummingbird appeared at the window in that very moment. Wow. um, And her bed was right by the window because she loved the fresh air. And in the distance were the were cows in the fields and they were, it was a very hot day. It was like 101 mm. degree record breaking day. And the cows got up under the shade tree and did this dance. It was the craziest thing for about oh my goodness. A, a minute. And then they laid back uh. down and the hummingbird stayed for a few more minutes and then just flew away. And I'm like, wow. okay, thank you God. Um, but mm. I looked down at my, I looked down at my hand at that point, which was only mm. one day later, and this this little tiny spot had turned into a nickel-sized spot in one day. Wow. And, um, and so that began this journey of, you know, you know, I spent a time at my parents' house then, you know, getting everything in order and doing the funeral and writing and all that stuff. And so I didn't have time to go to the doctor right away. So I don't know, a week or so had passed. And then I finally called the doctor and then getting in was another couple weeks. So I don't know in the time frame, it was three or four weeks before I got to the doctor. But at that point um, it had spread to my other hand. And oh my it, was, it was maybe 50% of my hands were already white in a very, very short time. Well, let me just tell you, number one, I I just, just talking and hearing about your mom, what a woman of elegance and grace. Let me just put that out there. You were truly blessed to have a mother like that. And what closure, what amazing closure of the the bird and the the cows and the, the temperature, what amazing closure and then to be left with vitiligo. Did you associate your vitiligo then with stress of dealing Absolutely. with your mom? Well, well, I didn't. I just knew at that point I was on this mode of just taking care of everybody, taking care of my dad and right. my brothers and my my mom and the house and my son. My, grad, mm-hmm. my son was graduating from high school at the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. being there for all of those, you know, activities and, being a business owner of two businesses and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just keep it all together and um, not let all of this, you know, um, destroy me, basically. But yes. yet, yes. Um, yes. what I realized is, you know, I was not taking care of myself. I was not getting sleep. I there was you go. barely, you know, I was barely sleeping, barely eating. Yeah. I was eating poor food because it was mm. just what was con- I was yes. focusing on everyone else. I wasn't taking any care of myself whatsoever. And um, and when I got diagnosed, you know, the doctor was like, well, you know, this is what it is, not life-threatening. Basically, right. you know, deal with it. And yeah. there wasn't a lot of, you know, there wasn't a lot of guidance when I went to him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, deal with it. Okay, so let me get mm-hmm. my head around this. Okay, not going to go away. And so then it was like that sort of time period where I just sort of accepted it. And so did he offer like, treatment? Did he offer he you any form of treatment? He said, this is how he worded it. There are treatments, you know, some people, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. It's very expensive. It won't be covered under your insurance. We can get hmm. these things ordered for you, but I really think it's a waste of your time. Wow. So so I'm like, okay. Lack of empathy, lack of education. Sad. And so I went through, I'm like to myself, okay, if it's on my hands, you know, I'll deal with it. Now, I don't like it, but I'll deal with it, you know, because Mm -hmm. I was already having people stop me in the grocery store and, you know, like say, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, sorry for what? And they're like, it must have been horrible. (laughs) Horrible for what? The the burn yeah. the, the, the the fire you were in. I'm like yeah. What? And then I yeah. they're like your hand. But no, it wasn't a fire. And so, you know, my journey continued, and now it started spreading to other parts of my body. And mm-hmm. um, okay, what is going on here? And then it's on my legs, and then it's on wow. my chest, and then it's on my genitals, and then it's 
you know, like it's spreading. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay, God. So this is my, this was my prayer and I will Here's never a forget this. Here's yeah. a question. Prior to your four, four year old spot, when you were four, you saw the spot. So it was prior to, um, you know, the last days of your mom and seeing that um, nickel size on your hand. Had you seen, heard of, know anything about vitiligo prior to that? No. Mm-hmm. No. No. No so family it, history. Nothing. No. No family history. No. Wow. Wow. And so no, um, no. You know, it was just sort of like, what are you talking about? Like, what is yeah. it? I can't even say that. It's such a weird <laughs> name. Like, I think we need to change the, the name in general to be something more beautiful. You know, it's the butterfly disease or it's the, it should be something yeah. way more beautiful because it truly is, you know, um, the, the, the shapes that it uh, can create can really be beautiful. Um, so oh, yeah. anyway, and, and so anyway, um, yeah, it was all completely foreign to me. How and did so, family um, take it? How did your wife, your kids, how did your family take you now with this new unknown thing called vitiligo? Well, you know, I'm not married anymore. So that um, relationship ended many, many years ago. So mm-hmm. um, the person that I was dating at the time was very, very unsympathetic. And mm. um, yet, words like, oh, it doesn't matter. You're still handsome. But it was never really like, what are you going through? I'm sorry. Right. There was no real um, empathy around it. It was sort of like, you're fine. It's not going to kill you. Just deal with it. Mm. Kind of attitude. Mm. Now, the one thing that has been my journey is when when I was first diagnosed, um, I put a lot of emphasis on the way that I looked mm-hmm. and how I appeared physically to people. And I still care about it, but it's at a, level, a, a totally different level than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as amazing as my mom was, um, beauty was very important to her on the outside. Mm-hmm. So that as a child, it, you know, yes. you emulate what you know. Right. Um, and so, you know, that outward beauty was driven into me, not because she said you have to be handsome or whatever. It was just what I knew. And so mm-hmm. super hard for me to, to yeah. deal with it. But then, you know, as it was spreading fast, I said a prayer and I got down on my knees in my bedroom and I will never forget this. Like mm-hmm. Lord, I'll you can spread it all over my body. Just do not, just not put it my on face. Me. Just not my face. Just, you know, <laughs> my face is what I'm for. I can I, I can handle it. Just don't put it on my face. Well, I David, go to bed. David, everyone I interview, everyone I talk to, can you imagine? That's the line that they all say. God, whatever you do, not my face. Wow. Yeah, and you know where this story is going. So the next day I wake up, and it wasn't on my (laughs) face. It was on the tip of my nose, like a big Rudolph white on the very tip of my nose. When I opened my eyes, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And it it was not a good morning in my my, uh, dressing (laughs) room. I was yeah. beside myself. I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? Like, what am yeah. I going to do? And yeah. then the next day, and then, you know, within weeks, it was covering 50% of my face. And then ultimately, it was about 60 to 70% covering my face. Yeah. And then, then at that point, that's when I started really digging deep and yeah. saying, okay, one, I've always figured stuff out. I've always been a person that doesn't give up. What is this mm-hmm. lesson teaching? How yeah. am I going to figure this out? 
And there was something, you know, I started praying and I started meditating at that point. And I started working out um, really for stress. Yeah. And during that process of getting my body and my mind healthy, it allowed me to think clearer and it allowed me to be quiet within myself. Mm-hmm. And I had a clairvoyant moment where I'm like, I think this is happening to me to teach me this lesson that I'm greater than what my shell is. And I'm also getting this because I think I can help other people through this journey. Yes. Yeah. And so, and we all have different ways that we can help each other, right? Mm-hmm. Through, mm-hmm. through different things that we all have. Yeah. And so I started researching vitiligo, understanding what it really is. And it's, you know, a, a, an inflammation based disease mm-hmm. and what are the triggers. And I just started combing through the internet and reading, you know, as much information as I could to learn mm-hmm. more about the disease. At the same time, there was an experimental drug group happening in Boston. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, so I applied for this drug um, study, and initially I wasn't um, qualified. And mm. so, um, but then I just convinced the person who was doing sort of the study to let me at least fly to Boston, meet the doctor, and tell them my story. And so it ended up through my meeting with the doctor and through measuring my vitiligo spots, I ended up um, qualifying. And so through this study, it was an abetacept trial study where Mm -hmm. I was flying to to Boston once a month and um, get these shots that I would have to give myself in the stomach um, once a week. And um, I had to go through, you know, being taught how to give myself a shot and all this stuff. And um, Mm. in the end, at the same time, I was really working out. I was um, stopping. um, At the same time, I went to the Cleveland Clinic, and something told me that this was more Um, diet-related. And... And maybe something that was in my body that it shouldn't be. So I like had this goal to find out like what is in my body that's good, what is in my body that's yes. bad, what what is lacking in my body. And so yes. I went through the functional medicine department of the Cleveland Clinic um, that's spearheaded by um, uh, Mark Heinemann, who's a you know world-renowned functional medicine doctor, mm-hmm. and. I got tested and I found out um, I had over um, 60 or 70 vials of blood um, taken over the course of two blood draws. And um, they took so much blood, it had to be done in two different times. Wow. And wow. they sent this blood all, to all these outside labs. And I found out that I had lots of heavy metal in my body that um, very deficient in some vitamins and that I had really poor gut health that um, did to improve my digestion um, with probiotics and those kinds of things. So they put me on this very extreme detox where I was taking, um, drinking this product every day for three months um, and literally it tasted horrible. I did it before, first thing I'd wake up, I'd drink this stuff, and I, I could literally smell iron as <clears throat> I urinated coming out of my wow. body. It's so like a metal. And, no, when, um, when did you do that? When did you do that testing, and when did you do all of that? What year so was that? That would, have been, that would have been probably 2000 and. 14, 13, 14 okay. in that, that 
And, um, and so maybe, you know what, Valerie, maybe it was a little later, 15, 15, maybe I'd have to look at my timeline. So I might be off on, on that, but, but regardless, um, I, I, I'm like a type triple A personality. So, um, when I get my head fixated on something, I won't give up. So yeah. I also found that I was highly allergic to the casein in cow's milk. Yeah. So on this da- dairy farm, I drank basically unpasteurized milk. That's what I grew up on. Yet, oh, yeah. um, I am, yet I am highly allergic to the protein in the cow's milk. So oh, I'm feeding my body my whole life with all of these bad yeah. things, not knowing it. And then yeah. I also found that I'm highly gluten intolerant and borderline celiac. So from that day forward, I took all gluten out of my diet, all dairy out of my diet, other than um, I um, did and still continue to drink um, or eat uh, goat cheese or sheep cheese because mm-hmm. it's a different, different makeup of the protein in those those milk based or yeah, those milk based products. But this is in, this is was, totally interesting information. Um I'm gonna ask you to pause. We're at our twelve o'clock point. Let me just share some updates and we're gonna come right back and get back to this diet piece of it because this is important. Um again if you're out there and you're listening to this vid bit friends Uh, podcast today. My special guest is David Thorne of Ohio, and we're going to open the lines. Uh, If you'd like to call in, ask questions of our special guest, or just greet our guest, we are at 516-666-9973. Again, 516-666-9973, and we're going to ask for your patience. To bring you up to date on some quick announcements, um, we are also, this shows are on Spotify, thanks to our Boston um, medical student assistant from Tufts University, Kristen. Uh, and so we can be found now on Spotify. And within a couple of weeks, we should also be on iHeartRadio. Thanks to Kristen. Want to advertise also that this coming uh, Sunday at 5 p.m. My co-host will have an amazing show with Joshua Hampton, an old friend, one of our D.C. Vitiligo brothers um, who we first met. And I gave the floor immediately at our breakfast celebration before we went out to the Capitol that day. I allowed him to tell his story. And so Joshua Hampton will be Mark's special guest. So we're going to ask that you join us back here on BitFriends Podcast to uh, experience that show. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, supporting us. We've been, for 10 years, we've been a 30-minute show. But as of January 1st, we are officially a one-hour show which means that this show cost us money. And so we're going to ask that you would consider supporting us by we, you're running a small business. We can advertise your business in the middle of our shows at the end of our shows, but please consider a support. Any support will help us cover the cost for a one hour show. All of our shows are available on Spotify, on blog talk radio, and in a few weeks on iHeart. Again, Thank you for joining us, and feel free to call us. Now, I'm going back to my special guest, who I'm honored to have with us. He's going to tell us about his diet experience and our first encounter in Detroit. Back to you, David. Hi, David. Now, continue if you will, if you can pick it back up at your diet and what happened in 2015. Thank you. Yes. So through the course of all those um, tests and um, the results, I just changed my life in one day from meditating, um, from 
um, eating no gluten, no dairy, um, Mm -hmm. eating super, super clean and healthy, feeding my body as best as I could with uh, nutrition, good sleep, and physical fitness. And um, I, as I mentioned, I was also in that study, and the study wasn't super effective for other people, but it was very effective for me because uh, halfway through this study, I started repigmenting. And um, what um, I still believe to be the reasoning is really not the drug I was taking, but the fact that I had detoxed my body. Yes. That I um, cleaned out all the sort of trouble spots. Mm -hmm. And I also have um, philosophy that each of us have these unique machines and my machine can handle so much threshold of stress and Mm -hmm. bad food, um, not sleeping and all those bad toxins, um, your body might handle another threshold. And so when my, when my mom was dying and that, that all that stress that I felt that I was holding in for, you know, a year um, was bottled up Mm -hmm. with all things I was doing to my body. It just, it was an outwardly sign saying enough is enough. Figure this out. You are, you're, you're destroying your body. And stress is absolutely the worst for, for all of us. Yes. And totally. uh, And so, so the, the journey for me has been remarkable in, in the recovery process of mm-hmm. repigmenting. So currently, um, my hands actually a year ago were the last thing that were still primarily white. Um, and right now, today, I'm looking at them, and they're probably 70% repigmented. So even my hands have repigmented. I've continued this journey of health and exercise. And, um, and so my face is 100% repigmented. Awesome. Um, my legs are awesome. 98% repigmented. So the rest mm. of my body has um, repigmented. But the odd thing about all of this is it, once you have this, um, this disease, um, it's always with you. And yes. It's always um, something that becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And although my patches are not as obvious as someone else's patches that are dark skinned, um, mm-hmm. I want everyone to understand it's still as devastating when it's your skin, whether it's a light mm-hmm. pigment or a dark pigment, it's still the skin that you know. And so yes. I think sometimes in our own community, we discriminate against people that others might see as not um, as affected. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know when I was at my peak of the of, of this spreading, I was um, not wanting to get out of bed. I was yes. you know, contemplating why am I here? What is, you know? What's what's my worth? And so it yes. was incredible emotionally devastating. Yes. Um, so I just want to make that point that, you know, skin color is so personal. And totally. when it's your color, it's what you see in the mirror every day and That's what right. is obvious and how you feel about yourself. So, That's right. Um, so, so my journey has been amazing because that feeling I had way back when, when all the, diagnosis happened and this epiphany I had that I thought maybe I was getting this to help others has really mm. been, um, been true. I've yes. tried as best as I can anytime anyone wants information on food and what my journey has been that's been helpful for my recovery. Um, I've tried to be there at, for support and it's been uh, a beautiful blessing to, you know, to help others in that way. Absolutely. And what I've always, what I've always said is I can't promise you that 
if you do what I do, it's going to help your uh, repigmentation process. But I right. can promise you right. you'll be a healthier person for it. Yes. And even if you do, it's still going to be a good outcome because you're going to yes. be more physically going to be eating healthier. You're going to be making your body a priority. So yes. there, there is no down to what I'm suggesting. And That's so, right. That's right. Now so, let's move it a little in another little direction. How did you yes. hear about in 2017? I encountered you at the conference, Vitiligo Conference in Detroit. How did you first hear about the conference and and coming along? Well, I remember going online in 2016 mm-hmm. and reading about this Vitiligo. Um, day in um, D.C. I was mm-hmm. so upset that I felt that because I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, there's all people that are getting together yeah. that have a thing that I didn't even know existed four years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a group of us, you know, like, mm-hmm. really, this is real. So I'm like, I am putting, I'm going to be watching um, this group and as soon as I see it listed for, because there was some teaser like, stay tuned for our next Vitiligo Day kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to do it. And, yes. so that, and so I, as soon as I saw it posted for Detroit, I'm like, Good. I'm doing this. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm going to do it. And uh, I'm going to just be open to what, what might happen. And yes. what about that? weekend was life-changing for me. Yeah, I remember walking in that room and um, um, oh my goodness. Tears? Per- tears. You had tears? The, uh, the person who, no, I'm, 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 I'm having a mind um, block who was speaking that day um, and she's the gal that had the uh, blog for Vitiligo. Oh, um, Erica. Erica Page? Erica. Yeah, yeah. Erica was speaking. Sorry, Erica. Yes. My, my mind lost her name yes. for a second. Erica was speaking when I walked into the room, and I remember sitting in the back, and I bawled like a baby in that chair. <laughs> and I'm like, I could not stop it. I was like, what is happening to me? Like, <laughs> like I, in that moment, my mom's death happened because I never cried yes. after she died. Everything that I was holding in and all the stuff that I was feeling came out. I mm. drove up there by my, you know, and I was in this relationship and the person was not interested in joining me. So I'm like, well, I'm going by myself and I'll figure it out. Mm. And yeah. I were, you know, distinct people coming up to me that day. You were one of them, Valerie. And, yeah. um, making me feel so welcome in it with this group of people that I didn't know from family anywhere. But in yeah. that moment, I'm like, I have family here. Like, oh my and it God. felt, it felt like this. You gave me chills, one. David. I got it up and down my arm. I got chills. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. I literally remember thinking I'm at home. Yes. I'm with people that, know me, love me, mm. support me, regardless of wow. what I look like. I'm with these people that are going mm. to know no me judgment. For, for the best part of me, which is the things you don't see. Yes. And yes. so it was just a remarkable experience. And, you know, during that time, you know, it was like a big networking thing. I, 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 I think I talked more that weekend than I had in years just because there was just like <laughs> everyone's story and you know yeah. what their journey has been and what they've done to try to either help or not help and you know mm-hmm. what I learned is that there is no right or wrong journey it's everyone's yes. personal you know piece of the puzzle that makes this so interesting and I support a person that still wants to wear makeup I support a Absolutely. person that doesn't want to wear Absolutely. I, I, I think whatever makes you feel the most mm. comfortable in your life and the most way that you can love yourself, that's what I support. And, I agree. Um, so I don't, I don't get on this 
I don't believe that it's my place to tell anyone what their mm-hmm. journey should be. Absolutely. Um, because it's, it's so personal. Personal. Yes. And so, yes. And, and that, that weekend led me to my, my sister, Angela Coates, who yeah. uh, I was introduced to by Alicia um, and she's like, oh, I have this person that's also from Cleveland. And it was, mm-hmm. it was the last day uh, in the yes. breakfast that day. And she's like, Alicia made the connection of, to Angela and I. And in that moment, I, Angela was really just meeting a friend. And I'm like, Angela, I got you. We'll meet, you know, <laughs> we'll meet whenever you want. And we bonded like brother and sister yes. in that moment. And yes. we... At the moment, I'm like, we're going to start a foundation uh, yes. support group in Cleveland. And um, and she said, okay. And I'm like, you know, I have two businesses. I'm really going to need your help, you know, helping launch this. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, I have more time. So let's just put our heads together and figure this out. And, you know, with um, Kim Boyd's help, um, yes. we formed a V-Strong Cleveland group. And, yes. um we were making really great strides. Um, and then this COVID thing hit yes. and definitely put a little bit of a, a back on, yes. you know, our momentum, but, you know, yeah. and, and the other saddest piece of all of this is um, for me, it's sad. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Angela lost her life um, to this big battle of lupus Um that she was struggling with. And that was the other thing that she and I had in common. I have lupus as well. And, wow. um, connections. Mm. Uh, yeah. So we had that connection and hers mm-hmm. just, um, so overpowering the benefit and the, the grace that I, and the peace that I have about all of this with Angela is that she's no longer suffering. She had a very strong yes. faith in, in, yes. in God. And so I firmly believe, She's in a much better place um, now, but what yes. a loss for the Cleveland totally. community um, and the Vitiligo uh, community for yes. sure. She was yes. uh, a great advocate and um, definitely someone that has taught me a lot about life and um, putting others. And it was even it was even myself. the example of how she was was demonstrated. We all watched the service live, and uh, what yeah. a, what a what a send off, you know, for yeah. a young sister. What a send off. But David, listen, yeah. um, as we wrap this up, what's what's next? You've given us uh, some great information here, and I know Alicia, my marketing director, had an idea about getting you to do a nutrition Zoom for all of us, and I'm inspired this morning to really um, get to her and to let this let us get this up and running. But um, you've shared a lot with us and your journey when you started to where you are today. What's next for David Thorne? What's next? I know you, you run a winery that Kim Boyd, oh, my gosh, she speaks so highly of. So tell us about your winery and tell us what's next for David on this Vitiligo journey. Yeah, so the winery, it's a 10-acre piece of property that has – beautiful gardens. I'm a landscape designer, architect uh, um, by trade. And so I've created these beautiful gardens for people to enjoy and stroll through. We do about 50 to 60 weddings a year, lots of big corporate functions. And we've just put a, I just put a huge addition on the facility in February of last year, which expanded our space, tripled our indoor, indoor space. Um, so that's been a, um, and an interesting journey uh, to do that during COVID, but I have a strong belief based on our deposits for events that once um, the COVID crisis is behind us, we're going to be bigger and better. And, you know, I'm just trying to stay positive during this uh, weird time period in American history. Um, and so looking forward to just, you know, continuing to grow Thorn Creek Winery and Garden, uh, which is located in Aurora, Ohio. And then um, my other landscape architecture business, continuing to do projects all over the country for that pro- for that business as well. And I've got lots of amazing projects in the works. So just continuing to do that. And I also have something uh, that just happened yesterday that I can't really share that could be 
super exciting business news. So I will leave us here on that. But you know, things are very positive, um, and I've taken, um, I've taken a new approach in the last month with with um, even the COVID thing. It's like again, it's a life lesson in things we cannot control. But really, it's about about how I how I um, look at this and look at the positive, not the negative, and just try to you know, um, you know, turn this negative into to something positive, which is it's given me an opportunity to spend more quality time with my son. It's given me an opportunity to be by myself in my beautiful house to enjoy the surroundings that I typically wouldn't get to enjoy because I'd be in my office all the time. So it's really just um, looking at it in a different way and appreciating what I have, not what I don't have. And so I, as a human being, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be trying to work harder at at that. And then also, uh, once the COVID thing is over, really um, hitting um, the Be Strong Cleveland group hard again and trying to grow that organization and, and just be there for people that might need support and help. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I thank you this morning for joining me. I look forward to doing, getting really um, with um, Alicia and hopefully doing, uh, uh, having you share about diet and possibly encouraging people to look at changing their diets, doing things differently, because based on what you've shared as your results, this may be something that folks should look towards. If there is someone out there today who was just recently diagnosed, you know, Valerie, I'm, I'm, I'm having a really hard time hearing you. You just suddenly broke up for some reason. I don't know what's going on. I've, I've, I think my mic, something's wrong with my microphone or something. Can you hear me now? It's just breaking up. I'm Can hearing you hear every three seconds. I'm hearing you every three seconds. What is your closing remarks? Hello? What is your closing remarks to someone out there that's struggling? Hello? Valerie, I'm, I, 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 I can, can you hear, hear you still on, but I, can't, I can hear you, but I can't understand what you're saying. Well, let's end here. We want to thank you, David, for joining us. For those that are listening, we hope that um, you've learned something today about Vitiligo um, on the journey from our dear friend and brother, David. David, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you, Valerie, uh, so much for the opportunity. I hope I didn't rattle too, on too much. And um, I love you and love all my Vitiligo family. No, this, we, have and, do, we have to do this again. Yes, I, I hope so. All right, stay well, stay safe. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.